Hey out there sports fans and welcome to another episode of Sports with BJ. Y'all have got us here on another Football Friday, but this is a Football Friday unlike any other for a couple reasons. First off, first weekend we've ever had football and the Masters, and that's just a beautiful thing. Two of my favorite things together on one weekend, can't ask for anything more. But second of all, we're rolling out our brand new segment, Let It Ride with KJ. That's right, every Friday... We will preview the weekend ahead from a betting and fantasy perspective with our resident gambling insider and fantasy football guru, Kurt Johnson. KJ, you ready to do this, man? Absolutely, man. This is going to be a good time, perfect time of the year right now. Football and golf in November, can't beat it. I mean, what else could you possibly want to do on a nice fall Saturday weekend than watch the Masters and some good football? Absolutely. You got golf, you got top leaderboard. From Thursday to Sunday with perfect weather, these guys are lighted up. And then you got Dolphins playing on Sunday, a little spoiler alert, and uh, looking very uh, forward to everything. Okay, so I like that you mentioned the Dolphins thing. Now, y'all are playing the Chargers this Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And is that that's at L.A., right? It's in Miami. It's in Miami. It's in Miami. So, 1 o'clock game. It's getting, it's getting to the fourth quarter. It's about 3.30, 3.45. Maybe Rory's in the lead. Coming Ooh. down 16. I see where you're going with this. I mean, is which takes precedent. I mean, if if the Masters is getting good, but the Dolphins game is good too, what, what channel is Kurt's TV going to be on? And you can't bail out with, I'll have my phone up. I want to know if you only had one option. Can where I have we going? two TVs going? No. One screen. <laughs> I'm going to have to say I'm going with Rory. I have to. It's only week 10 in the NFL. But this is the final major of the year. Rory trying to win the Grand Slam. I'm going to take Rory McIlroy. Okay. And I think, I mean, Rory aside, you, you made a good point. It's week 10. We've got other weeks of football. There's only one Masters weekend. You got, you got to give that precedent. Absolutely. You got the Masters, which is in November which this is usually done in April, so usually the Masters is already over, golf is over, but right now we have middle of football, we got playoffs coming up, we got fantasy football, and we got the Masters, and then in April we got the Masters again, back-to-back majors of the Masters. You can't beat it that. No, good time to be a sports and golf fan right now. All right, so here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a really fun type of show. This is going to be laid back. No real political issues, no no animosity. This is all going to be fun. I know in typical podcasts of mine, I might cover some pressing topics, but this is all going to be about fun. And we're going to kick it off the way I'm going to kick off every single episode. We're going to open up with what I like to call the trend, the trap, and the nightcap. So we're going to go and explain what that is before we get into it. So the trend is going to be, Kurt and I, we're going to talk about the most important, in our in our opinion, sporting events going on each weekend. <laughs> and we're going to try to approach it from a betting perspective, from a personal opinion perspective. We're just going to talk about what's trending. We might be biased. We'll probably be a little biased. <laughs> the trap is where Kurt is going to talk to us about what trap games are and which ones he might see this weekend to avoid if you're a better. And the nightcap is going to be where I, rev- I talk about the Sunday night game 
and the Monday night game, the two nightcaps. And we're going to talk about the lines. Kurt's going to give us some betting inside information. He's going to tell us his opinions. We'll talk about the game itself, if we think people will cover. And that's how we're going to start every episode. So let's get into the very first ever, the trend, the trap, the nightcap with KJ. All right, so the Masters is obviously the biggest trending thing going on this weekend. Uh, NFL's there. Um, half the SEC can't play their games this weekend, so there's no real marquee matchups there. College basketball hasn't started, so the Masters is the the, the peak this weekend. Absolutely, that's the trend. That's, that's What's Tiger going to do? Thing. Okay, so I want to ask you. We're going to talk about the top five. Um, and then keep in mind, play was suspended yesterday, so these are not fully complete. But we're going to go down the top five in odds and talk about how they fared in round one. So when Vegas released their odds late Wednesday, they had Bryson DeChambeau as the favorite at 8-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson was the second at 17-2. to two. John Rahm, 10-1. to one. Justin Thomas, 12-1. to one. And Rory, 12-1. to one. Those are the top five. Bryson, we know, finished. He shot two under. Roller coaster round. Absolutely. Yeah. The dude, the, 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 I think Augusta tamed him. We, everyone was like, he's going to, you know, what's he going to do with this crazy distance? Is he going to just tear Augusta up? Mm-hmm. And I think Augusta showed its teeth today. He was in out of bounds. He was looking for his ball in the bushes. Yeah. He, yes. I think one of my favorite parts of the early morning coverage was when he hit a shot into the bushes behind, was it 13? Mm hmm. Yep. So he hits his ball into the bushes behind 13. He gets upset, throws a golf ball down, calls provisional. Mm-hmm. Then he hits that provisional into the creek in front of the hole. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I did not get to see it. I just turned it on when he looking in the bushes. That's the one yeah. I turned it back on. I got to watch it. Um, so I did see him get a little upset. I started getting a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Bryson fan. Um, I, it's impressive what he does, but I think he's a crybaby. Like, that's just my opinion. I know he's – Hit the ball a long way. Um, he just, in my opinion, he is, he's put on 40 pounds in three months. He's gotten a lot bigger. I mean, and he's hitting the ball a lot farther. And then all week we've heard how he's just going to dominate the golf course, how he's just going to have, he's hitting driver 370, 360, mm-hmm. having wedges in the hand. He's just going to go through other fairways. He can. But like you said, you got to hit it straight. If not, yeah. there's trees, there's woods, there's creeks, mm-hmm. there's bushes. I mean, he has to learn how to kind of maybe pull it back a little bit, you know? Right. He can hit lower, lower clubs and still hit it just as far as some of these guys hit drivers. So, he's still in it. He's still two under. He, I will say he recovered. He was two over pretty quick. Yeah. Went back-to-back birdies. And he's got himself in position. He's two under. Uh, leader's at seven under, Paul mm-hmm. Casey. Um, so, he's doing well. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be entertaining for no uh, – for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I just remember I watched his first hole, and I remember he striped a three-wood, carried it 331. It, it was wet this morning, obviously, so mm-hmm. it only, you know. But just he carried his three-wood, 331, first swing of the day. Yeah. Then he gets a – he's got a 57-degree wedge they were talking about. He's mm-hmm. got a 57. He had 147 to the hole. They were looking to play at 149, and he hits a, a ball right into the bank, spins down two feet. Mm-hmm. And he missed the putt. <laughs> and from there, it was a roller coaster. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens with Bryson this weekend. Uh, Dustin Johnson did not finish but was off to a good start. Um, 
nothing really interesting to say there. And that, that's kind of the tale of Dustin Johnson. He just kind of plugs along, does his thing, and if he has a good week, he has a good week. And we'll see you next time. Is there not anybody – can you think of anybody else on tour that looks like he would rather be somewhere else than Dustin Johnson when he plays golf? Absolutely not. Because if you look at him, he's got his hands on his hips. He's staring at who knows what. He's just got – it looks like his mind's somewhere else. The, the man is talented. He is a major winner. He can hit the ball far. He's got everything. His short game's amazing now. But it just seems like, in my opinion, he's just not there all the time. He's kind of right. just doesn't – he's just there for the paycheck to me. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think a lot of that's his personality, too. I mean, I follow him on social. I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. And when we see videos from Paulina or himself, <laughs> you know, and Paulina. he's just always that way. Yeah. He's just kind of carefree, but in a in such a competitive atmosphere to watch someone have that kind of, you know, laissez-faire type personality, mm-hmm. it definitely can come across like he's being bothered by being there. Yes. Like, I can't believe I have to hit this ball all weekend to get that paycheck (laughs) but at the same time it probably helps him in the golf course you know because he doesn't get frustrated doesn't get mad he's not breaking clubs he kind of just looks and goes huh i'll go to the next one whatever happens happens and i think that's you're correct that's how he's been his whole career and that's probably how he's gotten to where he is is not thinking about the past and just going to the future and the present you know yeah you know and as we were sitting here talking about that i was listening to you finish up there and i did think of someone else um who kind of had that attitude, older golfer. Uh, Fred Couples kind of had that that oh, atmosphere yeah. to him. Oh, just kind of a little casual walk, and I'm going to, you know, smooth as butter mm-hmm. this swing, and let me just get to the next hole. Uh, kind of, but definitely not to Justin Justin's level. Dustin's Freddy, level definitely there. one of the prettiest swings in golf, that's for sure. No gloves and just rips it down the middle almost every Freddy, time. Freddie Fred. Freddie Fred. All right, and so third in, in the odds were was John Rahm at 10-1. to 1. He finished the day three under. Uh, ho-hum three under it had some birdies had some bogeys just ended up having three more birdies than he did bogeys so mm-hmm. you know there were a couple almost mental breakdowns there he's my uh happy gilmore every time he i see him get frustrated i want to see where it's gonna end is that john rom john rom oh yeah he absolutely. is so hot he is a hothead he's broken cl- and i just <laughs> every time he starts oh my i'm just like oh where's it going <laughs> yes, where's so, this yeah. going and it reminds me happy gilmore here comes the club talk <laughs> oh no this is oh, a more no, reserved happy. happy gilmore absolutely he is definitely hothead he definitely gets mad he, and he talks which is entertaining for the fans because he talks to almost every shot yeah and when things aren't going good you feel bad but also you're entertained at the same time and that makes golf fun watch because Everybody, me and you, have been on the golf course, and we've been there. Where we're just like, "What is going on?" Yeah. He's a pro doing the same thing we're doing sometimes, and it is very entertaining for sure. Um, so, out of all the top five odds players, uh, or the top five players that were in the odds, um, Justin Thomas arguably has the best day going. Uh, mm-hmm. Twelve and twelve to one odds. Mm-hmm. He did not get to finish his round, suspended due to darkness, After but he holes, is yes. sitting at minus five through ten. He still mm-hmm. got. 13 coming up, mm-hmm. always a birdieable par five. Mm-hmm. Depending on how he plays, 15, 16, where that pin location is on the bat, on the bottom of that slope today. Absolutely, um, yes. That, that's good. So he, we could be looking at eight under. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, because the, the way with the wind and the rain not being as bad as they thought it was coming this week, 
Uh, this was the day to score. Thursday was definitely the t day to score. And a lot of these guys that finished are pretty much at an advantage because it's only going to get worse. It's going to dry up. Greens yeah. are going to get faster. And it's not going to be sticking like it was on Thursday. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see how he plays in the morning, see if the greens firm up a little bit. And we'll see where it rolls to. Yeah. But he's definitely put himself in the hunt. Um, he's been on a little tear lately. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very exciting to see where he'll go with it. Yeah. Um, and another thing to point out, too, with the weather that they may still have, Augusta National has the subgrade aeration system. Oh, yeah. Um, so for those of y'all that don't know what that is, they can control the temperature and the moisture of the green. So if it rains too much, they can turn on a system that basically vacuums out the water. Mm -hmm. And they can get it to the level they want. So it's not like when you're going out and playing a normal course. None of the courses on tour can even do that. So it's a completely different world. And then number five in the odds was 12 to 1, Rory McIlroy. I hate that we have to talk about that for this gotcha. segment. But um, Former number he, one golfer. Come on. Yeah. He, listen, my thing with Rory is this. I will not – I will not take away from his talent. It's not him as a person. It's mm -hmm. not him as a golfer. He yeah. is talented, and he is a great golfer. My thing with Rory is he, in the position he has, especially early on in his career, his adamant desire to not really grow the game, just kind of this is my job, mm -hmm. that rubs me the wrong way. That, that's my only issue with Rory. You think he's too quiet? It's not that I think he's too quiet. It just he doesn't he doesn't have a desire to grow the game. Whether it's you know working with the first tee or starting foundations to get kids to play golf. It's just he was very clear that yeah this is a job. I'm here for my paycheck. But you know it is. I treat it like my job. And you know if the money you know he it just wasn't. He doesn't seem committed to it as like the way I would be. Yes, I think Rory, he's been such a good golfer for such a long time he dominated the european tour at such a young age came to the pga tour at a young age i don't think he knew where he fit in with the golf association because like, in europe he was doing half on the european tour he was going then to the pga tour and he didn't know exactly how to fit in and tiger woods is this great golfer and he looked up to tiger mm -hmm. but then he got put in the situation when he started going on that major run and uh i think 13, 14, yeah. around that, that time, um, everybody says, you're the next Tiger Woods. You're the next Tiger Woods. And he wasn't ready for it. He was young. Sure. He was a pudgy little kid. He was had all the talent in the world, but he was not ready for it. And that was a shell shocker for him, I believe. And he was signed by Nike, got the big contract, and he didn't live up to it, and he didn't like the criticism. And that's one thing I do – kind of dislike about rory is when people hold get, on hold on hold on i i mean this is this is breaking this news is, might be breaking news i've never heard this man say anything negative <laughs> about rory mcelroy and so i do take it away i'm i'm in all uh okay yeah no rory uh, <laughs> i'll say it rory like i said i got all the respect and i love the guy to death in this game but he does get very frustrated down on himself and when he thinks people are against him he sh shuts up and gets very aggravated. He's broken clubs. He's complained of a toothache, walked off the course, which 
was one of the <laughs> one of the one rounds that I was very disappointed with Rory. The Gary Johnson move. Right hey, oh there. yeah, absolutely. So he but he has gotten himself. I mean, the dude's probably one of the best shaped persons uh, in golf, fitness wise. Yeah. Um, he's not that big, but the man can kill the ball. I mean, hit it with the best of them. And yeah. I still agree, still believe that when Rory is on his A game, I don't think there's anybody on tour that can touch him. Because when his driver's straight and he's making putts, that's the biggest thing for Rory McElroy. If he's ever going to win the Masters, he's got to make some putts. Yeah. Because when the putts don't fall, he's not going to make it. He didn't have such a great day. I mean, he was, you know, our psychological breakdown of Rory McElroy aside. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back to the actual <laughs> golf. He, you know, he started <laughs> off two over at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think within the first six or seven holes, he had missed two or three putts within five feet. He's, um, he started on the back nine, yeah. and on 17, he had a five-footer, and he lipped it. And right. That's when I thought it might uh, get loose from him. But he kept it together. He did. He did. I mean, he finished right, right at well, two he's, under when play I, suspended? I believe he's one under. Okay. And he started – he hit his drive down the middle on number uh, one. So that's what he'll pick up in the middle of the fairway on one tomorrow when the Masters lets tee times go back off at 7.30 a.m. Yes. It'll be interesting. Um, I've always wondered – so the people that have – their first round yet to play tomorrow mm-hmm. are the ones who had the afternoon tea times. Now, traditionally an afternoon tea time day one leads to a morning tea time day two. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested to see how they play that with them having to go right back out. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I wonder if they will just, because they had, you know, they knew that they already had their afternoon round and that they should have an early morning tea time. If they, told a couple golfers who had finished already hey you're actually going to get the morning tea time they'll just bump them in the afternoon i, I want to watch and see how they handles that because and, uh oh we just got a uh, information stat here uh rory actually is sitting at even par right now oh they took a stroke from him while yeah. we're on, on radio okay i see what's going on um yeah like you said um we'll just say he's one under still but uh even's fine too <laughs> um but i think with the weather being um as good as it is with it being 70, I believe it's, yeah, I think it's going to be 70s, low wind, and very low chance of rain. Um, but the only problem is we're in November. We're not in April. It gets dark around 5 o'clock. Right. So if they're going to do it, they're teeing these guys up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. So. Well, they said uh, first tee will be 7.30 tomorrow. Um, 7.30, okay. That's typically when their fog lifts. So, okay. um, yeah, and another Masters first due to the November – month that we're playing it in kurt alluded to the the daylight there the first time ever they've actually double teed off of the uh, mm-hmm. off the course first time i believe yeah i thought there i think there was another one like back in like one of the world wars or something but it's definitely if it's if that's not if it hasn't been the first ever it's been mm-hmm. a very long time yeah I, I thought i heard the first ever but it okay. could be opposite um or you know could be either one yeah so let's talk something fun here um so one of the one of the traditions that's a part of a tradition unlike any other Mm -hmm. is sounds so good saying that right uh champions dinner uh champions dinner is where the previous year's winner hosts a dinner for all the living masters champions Mm -hmm. it's not open to the whole field it's just the the reigning champion hosts it and it's held in his honor and they're all the living former champions join. Mm-hmm. So this year, Tiger went with a an appetizer of an Augusta roll, 
Sounds which delicious. is their version of a California roll. It had spicy eel, spicy tuna, um, mm-hmm. some shrimp tempura was in there. And then, mm. you know, of course, the wasabi and the um, soy, soy sauce. sauce ready. And then he uh, he made for the main course, he did steak and chicken fajitas. Mm-hmm. And then for dessert, he um, he had a nice flan, uh, chocolate-covered churros. Okay. And um, I believe a house-made sopapilla okay. was one of the options. I did not know. I didn't hear the dessert yet. So I, knew, I heard it was very sweet. Yes, very sweet. And those are, you know, very... Other than the churros, that's kind of a an Americanized thing. But flan <laughs> and uh, flan and sopapillas are very sweet, very very rich Mexican delicacy desserts. Um, so it's just it was odd to me that you you go that authentic, but you start with sushi. Mm-hmm. And as an appetizer, no less. That's a heavy appetizer. I think he was trying to be fancy throwing that roll in there. You know, it's kind of like mix it up a little bit. It's my I believe it's his fifth. Was it his fifth green jacket that he yes. had? Yeah, fifth green jacket. I think he was just trying to make it a little fun, you know, have yeah. a little different food. So the question has to be asked then. Yes. If you were the reigning Masters champion mm. and a dinner was being hosted in your honor. Sounds right. Let's hit the let's hit the four categories. Okay. What are you opening up with as an appetizer? What are you serving as the meal? What are you plating out for dessert? And then mm-hmm. what are you pairing with it? Because Tiger picked a couple of nice reds, some mm-hmm. Spanish reds, and um, a couple of Chardonnays. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, classic fajita, Mexican wines, but mm-hmm. still, nonetheless, those were his drink choices. That is always open to the master champions. He could say, I want ices with vodka in it, and that's what they would have because <laughs> that's, that's the master's. Privilege. Absolutely. So what are, what's, what's Kurt's master's champion dinner looking like? My championship dinner, um, if that ever happened. Uh, when? Hopefully it'd be sometime soon. But the problem, No, I was uh, saying not if, when. Oh, when. Be confident. When. Very confident. Okay, we'll say uh, 2030. We're going 2030. Okay. We're going to make that run, so just mark that down in your calendars. All right, we're going to do – Nine years away. Nine years away. Yeah. So we'll do championship dinner. I'd probably do something s- southern. Um, since we're in Georgia – We'll probably do southern food. We'll probably uh, start off. I'd probably do, for an appetizer, I didn't even pick an appetizer, but I'd probably do chicken wings, something everybody loves. Yeah. And I love southern food, so I'd probably have fried chicken, mac and cheese, mashed cheese and gravy, all carbs, you know. We don't need to yeah. look right, you know. We're, we're enjoying ourselves. I mean, ourselves. we're about to go walk 72 holes of golf. We're, we're going to get our miles in, exactly. And we're, you know, enjoy yourself. You only live once, so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody here has a green jacket, so, you know, let's enjoy ourselves here. And then for dessert, I'd probably do a cream cream brulee. Okay. Um, something, probably the same thing, you know, it's a little sweet. Uh, for drinks, I would probably do, I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy, so okay. I'd probably have Woodford, Makers, um, and also beer. I like Miller Lite if we're going uh, alcoholic. Um, if not, I'm fine with sweet tea. Okay. I love sweet tea. Um, so that would probably be my options with so dinner what's the main course we went wings we went to the dessert. fried fried chicken fried chicken fried chicken fried chicken okay yeah, is, which is I, the fixings we're gonna have some collards and some mashed potatoes mashed potatoes and gravy okay. mac and cheese um all carb loading like i said right um but those are the things if, if you're gonna do it right you know you're having the master's dinner you're in georgia get yeah. some southern food and that's what i would do what about you okay so mine is similar mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm taking the the masters is such a 
secluded augusta itself is such a secluded Mm -hmm. that if i'm in there and i've got the reign of the property like these guys do i feel fancy like i feel so that's that's where i would go so um my appetizers i would want to have okay i'm going to keep it southern Mm -hmm. i would want pimento cheese and egg salad sandwiches oh wow just little little squares nothing big just grab and go pimento cheese now are these the sandwiches that the guests can have when they're allowed to come to the course that they're selling i would hope they make them the same way okay but not obviously not from the course but that's what i want i mean just nice clean southern maybe you throw some egg salad sandwiches in there as well i just said that because the course they always say that's like justin johnson that said that's the best thing about a guest sandwiches yeah and uh so so that would be my appetizer um for my dinner i would go with two meat options um having had it myself i would want to serve um some seared elk it's okay. really good. It's I Never mean it's it. like just super tender, very flavorful steak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my white meat option, I would want to do a seared duck breast. Okay. Wouldn't let the chef come with some kind of very some kind of glaze. Stuff. I, I'm very, fancy. Very I'm telling fancy. you. Okay. Um, for <laughs> for dessert, I, I'm with you on the creme brulee. Oh yeah. Um, so but good. not everyone likes that much sweetness, so I'll keep it southern and Georgian, and I'll go with a nice pecan pie. Pecan pie is good. Are okay. you vanilla ice cream with that? Vanilla ice cream on the side. Not okay. everyone likes it on top. Uh, not southern then. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we, we can't we can't seclude the northerners, <laughs> man. We can't do that. Um, and then for my wine pairings, um, oh, I guess the, the beverages, of course, the sweet teas Absolutely. and the sodas. Um, but I would like to, I would probably pair that with a uh, 2018 bottle of Camus. Um, okay. Probably the best bottle of wine I've ever had. I happen to know it's pretty world renowned. Mm-hmm. And that's a good vintage year. Um, I'd have a nice uh, cupcake, buttery Chardonnay, okay. and then I'd have I'd like to have some bourbon, some yeah, Jefferson's Ocean, my favorite have. bourbon. Okay, Jefferson's very good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a big wine guy. That's why I didn't throw the wine in there. Yeah, but... and I wouldn't have expected you to. That wouldn't yeah. have been authentic. I'd yes, have, you're, I'd very, have you're, very, you're a very fancy person. I'm noticing. There. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of bouginess here. Yes, yes and I don't yes. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so very classy. So, what are we looking forward to over the weekend? What are some things you're going to keep your eye on with the Masters, and overall, what do you think the outcome is? All right, for me, I actually did for the first time ever. I actually went to a casino and picked six random golfers. Okay. Um, I picked Rory McIlroy, obviously, shocker. Love Seth. Um, so he is what we say, twelve to one, I believe. Yes, he's. So that was kind of like my money, you know, try to pick a winner, uh, favorite right there. Uh, then I also put it on Ricky Fowler. If he's ever in a win, it probably will be the Masters. Yeah. I can see him, you know, probably. And Ricky's advantage, at, I like that you said that. Ricky's advantage, going back to your Rory point, if Rory's putting, mm-hmm. and then the world, the sky's the limit for him. Ricky Fowler is a really, really good putter. And a course like Augusta rewards really good putters. If you can read it, if you have good feel for the greens, you're gonna make some putts. So I like the I like the Ricky pick because of his putting. I agree with that because he does not take much time when he putts. He doesn't he kinda, care. He kind of just lines it up and goes right after. That's where I think it's going. And he will not leave it short. That's no. one thing he does not do. He he hits the back of the cup every time. Uh, also, I picked Matt Kuchar. Seems like he plays pretty well at Augusta. I know he's getting up in age and people will start looking at that, but I picked it as a kind of long shot. I picked Mark Leishman. Yeah, well, hometown favorite, favorite had to, and he actually was doing really well at the beginning. He was two under like, after the first six holes, and he finished. I believe he finished. Let's see here, uh, two under. So he did. He okay. got he got bet at two under. So 
first done it, and then uh, Hideki Matsuyama. took him. Okay. He he finished at four, which is pretty good. He always plays good at uh, Augusta too. And then kind of my two dark horses, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he, I can see that. The reason why I picked him is at at, at in South Carolina or uh, what's the Harbor Town? Yeah, he loves that golf course. He right. says he that's his masters, so he loves it. So I said, if he likes that, maybe he likes Augusta, and we'll see what happened. He kind of got off, got on a great start. He birdied the first or the second hole, and then afterwards he, uh, I think, he fell off. I think he's one over. He's one over. Yeah. Okay. So and then. Those are kind of my dark horses. I took RC RC Bello, uh, the okay. Spaniard. He was two under at first two, and now I believe he finished one over. So he could be in there. So I picked some dark horses. The payout might be good. Um, I believe I put low money on it. Most I least I can win if one of those win is eleven hundred. Most I can win is around seventy five hundred. So okay. first time I ever did it. I always wanted to do it. My wife let me do it. Um, so I took the chance and did it. And so. that's always, that's always big. The permission from the wife. It is. It is. Especially with the little one now. Yeah. So he, uh, makes it a little bit harder to go out, but she said, if that's something you want to do, go do it. So yeah. I got off work and drove down there and did it. So exciting to see what happens. It's cool to see. Cause right now I have like three or four in the top 20. So we'll see what happens on Sunday though. Uh, the next one would be, was Rory McIlroy. That's probably another one I want to see. See if he can win the Grand Slam. He has four majors. This is all he needs is this. I, I believe, I really do believe, and I'm not being biased here, if he wins the Masters, he'll probably win another four after that. Not the Masters, just four more majors. So you think that's kind of like that's his monkey tip on his iceberg back. for him? Oh, yeah. Because if you remember the meltdown he had in 2011, I believe. Yeah. I believe it was 2011. It, it, it messed him up for a little bit, and he's never got off that because everybody says – he can't win the Masters. He can't win the Masters. So that's always that one. Um, Bryce, I'm interested to see. We didn't talk about it before, but he was trying out the 48-inch driver. Yeah, he said um, in his press conference he was not going to bring it out, that he did he did test it and that this particular shaft is giving him the best results um, as far as the numbers he wants to hit and being able to maintain uh, the, st- the stability it needs for his swing. Um, but he was mm-hmm. not going to put it in the bag. Yeah, I believe he went with 45-inch, the normal one he's been using. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we'll see what he does. He got two under, see if he can outpower the course. But like you said, if he can't put, can't hit straight, you're not going to win Augusta. Um, another one, Lee, West, Lee Westwood. Out of nowhere. Lee Westwood. I mean, this is, is it 20, 2013, you know, 2009, because that was a he, he was almost number one in the world back then. Yeah. So he finished, I believe he finished at four under on Thursday. So if he can somehow turn back the clock and make this happen, I would not be mad if he won. It'd be nice to see him win a major, um, especially the Masters. I think he's always had a thing with the Masters, you know. Right. So there you have it there. Um, You know, just a lot to look forward to this weekend. Right now, the leader's at seven under. You've got two at five under, and then – Last I looked, it was nine players tied at minus four. A lot of big names up there. So the Masters, even though it's only day one, and we're going to have a a very jam-packed day tomorrow trying to get the rest of the first round finished and then the whole second round by the the time day breaks, um, it's going to make for some interesting golf. Uh, It's very, very exciting um, that the the Masters is off to such a a strong start. So now we're going to enter the trap. That was Mm -hmm. was the trend. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to enter the trap. So, Kurt, Absolutely. talk to me about 
games you're looking to stay away from? Well, first of all, for the for the viewers out there that might mm-hmm. not know gambling, what is a trap game to you? A trap game is somebody that is favorite, um, that is going in that everybody thinks it's a win. They believe it's not going to be a hard game for them, and that they're not even the other team that's supposed to win is not even looking at that team. They're either looking in the next week or the the weeks coming up, and they're just thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. So that's pretty much what a trap game is uh, when it comes to betting. Okay. So, just for example, if, let's say, the Steelers had mm-hmm. Washington. Well, definitely try. But then the next two games, they had to play Baltimore mm-hmm. and Philly. Yeah. So, the trap would be, they might not, they're going to be favored in that Washington mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they, yes. But there's a good chance they won't cover or might actually lose because they're, they're overlooking Washington mm-hmm. so much. Absolutely, they're looking yeah, forward to Baltimore. they'll sneak up and let them in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. That, mean, that basically means they're not even – they think they're not going to have to try hard to win the game. All right, so who y'all? Who do you see as All a trap right. game this week? I got week? two trap games this week. Uh, the first game is actually um, Tampa Bay at Carolina Panthers. Um, they played in week two, and the Bucks beat the Panthers 31-17, to 17, which you're like, okay, they're covering. The spread right now is five and a half. Tampa Bay minus five and a half. So you're like 31-17, they cover, right? Well, they just lost – Tampa Bay just lost to the Saints, bloodbath, pretty much on uh, Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, and Sunday the, night. It was – what was it, 31-3? to 31-3. Drew Brees looked and amazing. And that three points that they gave was just basically a pity field goal. It, yeah, which – who kicks a field goal? 31 nothing. Go for a touchdown, yeah, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so right there you're thinking, okay. And usually any team that loses – Badly, I always recommend taking them because they're pissed off. You know, they're ready to go. This is a divisional game, Carolina. Uh, they're three and six. Tampa Bay six and three. Uh, but Tampa Bay, that chemistry right now. Tom Brady bringing Antonio Brown in. I don't know if it's gonna work because Antonio Brown has. He's basically let's be honest. This is his last chance in the NFL. Right. And Tom Brady put his neck out, but. If you look at the team, you have Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk. I mean, and now you got A.B. Not everybody's going to get their touches. Right. And I know Godwin's hurt. He's, he had surgery on his finger. But he's he's playing. He played last week. And to me, it looks like A.B. and Tom Brady, they're trying to force the ball to him. Yeah. Now, A.B.'s incredible talent, and he's a great receiver. But there's other people. Mike Evans is a monster. Godwin is a beast in the slot. Which, if anybody's going to demand – their touches. It mm-hmm. would be Mike Evans. I don't. Godwin's not very boisterous, and Gronk is accepting his role as a blocker. But yeah, I, I think it would be Mike Evans. And there is a rumor going on that I heard earlier today that the locker room is frustrated with Tom Brady getting AB, mm-hmm. um, Antonio Brown. There now. Do you think that they were frustrated that it happened, or do you think they were frustrated because the first game they played together, they only rushed the ball seven times, and Tom Brady targeted AB the most? So, do you think it was a like, oh my, were they mad before the game, or were they? Do you think they were excited? AB another weapon, awesome, and then the game played out the way it did. Mm-hmm. AB's favoritism with Tom showed, and now they're mad. I think when they signed Antonio Brown, I think the team was, or at least the receivers were upset because okay. they were playing good ball. Yeah, they were playing really good. Tom Brady was a top ten quarterback the last five weeks. Mike Evans is a great deep threat. He can out jump anybody. Godwin is a great slot receiver. Gronk, maybe not 
old Gronk, but he's still a big body and has good hands still. Um, Antonio Brown is great, but I don't know what it is with Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is living with Tom Brady at his house in a room in Tampa Bay. So I don't know if it was the same way with New England when he asked when he got him in New England. If A B is old A B, you can't deny his talent. The dude is top five receiver in the NFL. He can do it all. Um, but in my opinion, the chemistry right now is is broken. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna take I know it's Tom Brady, it's the GOAT, but if it that doesn't if that doesn't change, it's not gonna make it. So that and uh also, you got Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he's been playing good. Uh, his they got three great receivers themselves: DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. So you have those three. Um, and then I know Christian McCaffrey just got hurt, but uh, Mike Davis has been playing good ball too. Yeah. So I think five and a half is a lot because right now we don't know what we're gonna get out of Tom Brady. So I believe it's gonna be a g- close game. I think Tampa Bay still wins, but I don't think they cover the five and a half. Okay. And for the second one, <laughs> I actually um, Chargers versus Miami Dolphins. Chargers are two and six. Miami is five and three, uh, making a run. Humble plug there. Uh, yeah, Miami Dolphins right there. Uh, they Miami Dolphins look great, and they're playing some team football. And Brian Flores is a great coach, and we finally got that right. Um, but you got to think right now, we have two rookie QBs that were drafted this year. Justin Herbert, who was drafted six, and who do you think went before him? Right there at five, Tua. Old Tua. And if this isn't a time for Justin Herbert to light it up, I don't know what it is. He is playing a really good ball. I'm not going to lie, after when he started playing and I saw Tua's first game, I was like, we might have picked the wrong guy. Tua played really good last week. Time will tell. But we have basically – Miami's defense trying to cover the Chargers receivers. So, like with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, that's a lot of people to cover. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens if Xavier Howard, Byron Jones can cover them. Um, So, right now, Miami's given three points. I'm going to say they don't cover. I think Chargers might make an upset here. Okay. So, that's kind of my trap game because right now Miami – He's hearing all the hype, playoffs, looking good, 2-0. Two, uh, two and oh. We'll see what happens, yeah. but that's that's my I second mean, that's trap a, game. That's a shocking one. I mean, but if there's Coming ever a Coming from a Dolphins trap, fan, exactly. I know, but if there's ever – I mean, everything is in the Dolphins' favor on this one. Not only are they riding a hot streak, um, I don't know why Tua got pulled in the first place. I have my opinions as to why, um, but – When he that, get pulled, when he got the starting job? Yeah, well, when Fitz got pulled. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it seems to have sparked the team. The defense has been playing lights out all year. I've said that before. Underrated defense. Very underrated. Brian Flores has them flying around, and he's doing great things there, heading in a great direction. But I just don't – I don't think that three points is enough. Mm-hmm. You've got Tua playing well, the defense playing lights out, and you've got a West Coast team coming for a 1 o'clock game. So mm-hmm. their body clocks – Mm-hmm. are going to be thinking 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I Everything sets up for you to say Miami's winning that game. Absolutely, yeah. And so if there's ever a, like a perfect definition of a trap game, that's beautiful. And not only Justin Herbert and Tua's little battle, mm-hmm. 
You also have Kellen, Kellen Balage. If you don't remember, Miami drafted him from Arizona State a couple years ago. He's kind of bounced back. They released him, went to the Jets. Now he's with the Chargers, yep. and he just had an incredible week last week. And you don't think he would love to stick it to Miami right now? Oh, yeah. So that's another – I mean, you're talking about revenge factor. I know we're not supposed to be talking about revenge and everything. There's no doubt in my mind those two guys want to make a statement yeah. and make Miami realize they made a mistake. I hope Miami wins. Don't get me wrong. I hope they win. But right now, I don't know. Justin Herbert might pull it off. We'll see. Okay. All right, so moving on to the nightcap. Sunday night games, Baltimore at New England. Baltimore's laying seven over under 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. What, what would you go – where would you go betting-wise on that game? Right now, I actually – for that game, I picked um, – it was we'll – go, we'll go, I'm going to go Patriots plus seven. Um, I don't think they're the better team. But I – Lamar Jackson and Bill Belichick. Something about Bill. He knows how to handle running quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, the weather's supposed to be supposed to be uh, 40 degrees, 10 mile per hour, 40% chance of rain, nothing crazy. Um, and Cam Newton just came off that big win. But I don't know, Bill versus Lamar. Yeah. And it's hard to say. Like, Bill's been so good for so long. And I know they don't have the same players. Um, I know Gilmore's hurt. They don't really have any players. We'll say. I mean, they don't. But we said that last year, and somehow they made it to the AFC well, Championship. But they had Tom Brady. I, 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 I get it, but the defense looks so good. And I know COVID, you know, players didn't uh, – not all the New England players played uh, for right. COVID. But it's, it's just seven points at New England. I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked that great, in my opinion. No. He did kind of turn the corner. I will say last week I saw something. Um, but I just don't see it happening. I, I, I think they win, but, like, once again, I don't think they cover. Yeah. And if I had to go over-under, I'm taking over. I mean, I think – take over. I'll take over 43 and a half. Okay. I, I, I know that kind of – you always take – you're going to take the points. You think it's going to be yeah. a low-scoring game. I mean, that's about 21 points each team. Yeah. And, I, I mean – So, new, you're either saying it's going to be a blowout or a shootout. It's going to be a shootout. I, Lamar can't throw. Lamar what runs. firepower for New England are they going to have a shootout? They will make it happen. Cam is pissed. I know they almost lost to the Jets. Trust me. That, you're talking about the most embarrassing thing in the world. The what, Jets. Yeah. And, I, and Jets, to me, Even though bad. they won. Still embarrassing. Embarrassing. They should have lost. They should have lost the game. But Cam is Cam. Cam's still a good quarterback. And he's maybe not a great quarterback. And they don't have all the receivers. But they have young talent. I know they lost Harris uh, with a rib injury, the running back. They got Rex Burkhead, which that anything you want to get done, Bill Belichick throws them in and he does it. I mean, but I think the defense, I don't know if Gilmore's in play. That's a big thing. If Gilmore plays, that changes a little bit. But who do the Ravens really have? Who do the Ravens have actually, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, have they done anything really this year? Mark Ingram might come back. They have a rookie running back. I It's and it's not the same New England, but it's hard to think New England get losing by more than seven points at home again against a running quarterback with Bill Belichick. Okay. I just – I mean, another thing that helps that point too, and I'm not disagreeing with you. No, no. I, mean, um, I just I – don't, I don't agree with the over 43-and-a-half. I would take the under. I can see this being a 17-13 game, a 20-7. to 7. Um, I don't see this being – you know, you're, if you're asking both teams to be responsible for 20-something points, I don't think both are. 
because mm-hmm. I agree with you. Their offenses are lost, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not doing a whole lot. And also keep in mind, too, added animosity in the Ravens locker room. Lamar Jackson just went on the Rich Eisen show and mm-hmm. said that the play call is awful, that when they're at the line of scrimmage, defenses are calling out their plays. Is they know Baltimore? what's coming. Yeah. yeah, Lamar Jackson on the Rich Eisen show. And that they just – they know the plays. They're calling them out, and they don't know they, – they're, they're just not making good play calls – to combat that. So I don't know if they, if the coaches and him have had that conversation or if he just blasted his coaches live on air, but it's not going over well and it's a big media distraction. So I, I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure Lamar from being MVP cover of Madden owning the NFL, but we've seen this before. We've seen RG three did it. Remember we get old RG three, the bad go to Baltimore. I mean, we've seen Colin Kaepernick when he first played, he, Lit it up, too. I watched his first game. Running quarterbacks are great, but these guys – this is the NFL. These guys are fast. Defenses, no. Defensive coach, learn how to stop this. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is not a great quarterback. Or, sorry, he is a very great quarterback. He is not a passing quarterback, which you can rely on. Right. And I hope – I mean, he probably will watch him have a great game and prove me wrong and be sure. like, yeah. And then maybe I'll cover the over. But – I think New England plus seven is too many points. I think points will be scored, and that's why I picked 43. It's only five touchdowns in a field goal if you look at it. Right. Over 43. Puts you at 45. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm still taking it, but, yeah, I'm right there with you on the, the point spread being too much. All mm-hmm. right, so then Monday night, Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota's laying two and a half over under 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like we talked about in our little teaser earlier today. Uh, I'm taking Chicago plus two and a half under 45. All right. Uh, it's supposed to be 45 to high, 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. Um, it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. It's, I think they're going to shut down Cook. I think, like we talked about, I think Cook's going to get the average, maybe a little bit more. But I think their goal of Chicago is make Kirk Cousins beat us. Right. Chicago has great outside corners. So, Thielen and Jefferson are great receivers. But if Kirk Cousins doesn't have time, he's going to make a mistake. And guess what? It's a Monday night football game. Kirk Cousins in prime time ain't happening. Right. You're not going to like that, you know? And that is a recipe for disaster. You're at Chicago. It's cold. You, your running game is not going to be as effective as it has been. Like I said, they shut Derrick Henry last week. Kirk or Derek Delvin Cook is just as good, but he catches the backfield. But you have Kirk Cousins. I believe Ryan Tannehill is better than Kirk Cousins. Okay. And being at home, Chicago's still in it. Chicago's five and four. Quietly. Quietly. Very, uh, very masked a lot because of the quote unquote quarterback controversy they got yes. going on. But five and four. Yes, absolutely. And they don't have a running back right now. Uh, we have Montgomery still in concussion protocol. Uh, they'll probably use Cordell Patterson, former receiver, um, move him around a little bit. And, like, they have Antonio uh, – Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens with it. I just don't see Kirk Cousins going into Chicago, Monday night football, giving – getting – or giving points to a team that's better than you, better record, better defense, and expecting to win that game. So, I believe that there will be points, but it will not get close to – under you know 45 okay there'll be a lot of field goals kind of like the titans game i believe the titans and uh 
what was it? Titans in Chicago was what seventeen thirteen or mm-hmm. something like that. It was it was low scoring. So I just don't see. Yeah, I, I I can't put my faith in Kirk Cousins. And anytime Kirk Cousins is giving points, I'll take the other team. Okay. Any, anytime. Well, there you have it. That wraps up the first ever trend, the trap, and the nightcap. We'll be right back with Let It Ride with KJ, presented by the Sports with BJ podcast. Welcome back to Let It Ride, presented by the Sports with BJ podcast. We're here with KJ. Uh, so we're entering our second segment here. Uh, the way this segment's going to work is every week we're going to do what's called the Fast Five. This is where I'm going to give Kurt five lines, and he's got to give me a two-game tease, a two-game parlay, and a single-game pick that he thinks would go well with the five I'm going to give him. I'm just going to rifle him off, and he's going to give me what he thinks. So, Kurt, your five today are Eagles minus three and a half at the Giants, Broncos at the Raiders with the over-under being 51 and a half, Texans at Cleveland minus three, Cleveland giving the three, Jacksonville at Green Bay giving up 13 and a half, or Washington at Detroit in the money line. Okay. And all the viewers know just when you do a two-game tease, it's six points. You can take it either way. You can take it for the points or you can take it for the over and under. And for a parlay, you have to win both your bets for it to win. You can't just win half of it. And obviously the money line is just straight up like you said. All right, so my first one is two-game tees. I'm going to take Green Bay minus 7.5. You're going to take them down? I'm going to take them down from 13.5 to 7.5. And then I'm going to take the over and under of the Broncos Raider game from 51 and a half to 45 and a half. And you're going to take over. Take the over of the 45 and a half. Okay. And then for the parlay, I'm going to do a two game parlay. I'm going to take Cleveland minus three and the Giants plus three and a half. All right. And for the money one, it's going to be straight up, it's going to be Detroit even. Detroit even. Against okay. Washington. So that's the money line he picked. And, again, the money line is just where you pick the outright winner. No points, no juice, just who do you think is going to win the game. Basically, you pick them. Um, in the NFL, you don't get too many money lines. Um, so Very rare. So, yeah, I just threw that one in there. So Detroit, you just think Detroit outright with the Washington game? I think being at home, and to be honest, with Washington losing the way they lost last week against the Giants – had a chance. I know it's the NFC East. Yeah. But if I was Washington, go for draft picks. Let's risk rebuild. I mean, right now, Kyle Allen just lost. He's out for the year, I right. believe, with another ankle injury. Uh, you have Alex Smith, who is starting, which it's amazing to see Alex Smith out there. I'm really happy for him. But, you know, he hasn't been in the NFL for four years now right. since the injury. And, and he then, hasn't really had a healthy offseason with – the Ron Rivera system. Exactly, yeah. So, And then you got Dwayne Haskins, who is on the bench, and they've already came out and well, said Well, lately he, he's not even been on the bench. He's not even been in the stadium. That is very true. And they've already came out and said that he is not in role for the starting job. So basically you have Alex Smith with one leg praying to the good Lord that he does not get hurt. Well, they do have a fourth-string quarterback. Do they? Yeah. So their tight end, Logan Thomas, they drafted out of Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. He was the quarterback of Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, was in the Heisman conversation. Um, but then he got there. Of course, yeah, I believe we still had RG3. I know they still had Kirk Cousins. Um, and you had uh, 
Colt McCoy as well. Mm-hmm. So with his size, I believe he's about six seven. Big guy, yeah. 240, 245. Mm-hmm. He converted to tight end. He's mm-hmm. been practicing this tight end. Been playing well. So yeah. He's so starting to learn the that would position. actually be because I it was interesting when the first week that Dwayne Haskins had a game after being demoted to third string, mm-hmm. he was quote unquote sick mm-hmm. and didn't even go to the stadium. Yep, I remember that's the that. same game that Kyle Allen got his concussion. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So Alex Smith was the only quarterback mm-hmm. active, period, in the building. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to know who would go. And that's how I found that out. Our I tight end, Logan game. Thomas, would be our fourth four string tight end. I do remember that. Because Alex Smith's wife and kids were in the stands. And yeah. I believe the very first play, Aaron Donald sacked him and jumped on his back. And everybody kind of held their breath for yeah. a second, like, will that leg hold? Which it did. And it's. You're talking about an incredible story yeah. to see Alex Smith on the field. No matter if they're winning or losing, the man came back from a terrible injury and he's playing good, and he's a good person. So I yeah. wish him all the best. I just don't see them beating Detroit. Detroit is kind of in that limbo, too, where they're they're in the NFC North. Yeah. Probably not in it, but the coaches, you know, might get fired. Patricia, if he doesn't do anything. Stafford's there. They, they are out with Galladay. He's not playing. But I think they're the better team. They got better tight yeah. end, better receiver, better quarterback. In my in my opinion. Okay. Stat team coming in clutch again. Sent me a note here while you were talking. Logan Thomas is officially listed as six six two sixty. Six six two fifty. Sixty. Two six zero. Two sixty. Wow. Two sixty. Big boy. That's a massive and guy coming. And just a quick at note before we go to the fan questions for the day. Matt Stafford, and we'll we'll have to talk about this another time because I could go on for a very <laughs> long time, but. Of the big quarterbacks of that era, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, he's right in there with them, Matt mm-hmm. Stafford. I think of all of them, obviously, just had his career wasted by the organization that he had. I mean, how do you go with Matt Stafford and Megatron for 13-plus years? This is the Detroit way. Like, I just – how do you not surround that guy with whatever he needs? It's, it's Detroit. I mean, and he's still putting up great numbers. He is. He he plays very good with the talent he has with him. And then they want to run the ball. They they always try to switch it up on Stafford. Stafford is a gunslinger. The dude is talented. He has a he cannon. He was that on. way in Georgia. Yeah, exactly. He's tough. He can handle it. But like you said, Megatron was with him, and Megatron left in his prime because he was over it. Barry Sanders left in his prime because Detroit does not know how to either build a team or know where the talent is because. When they get one piece, they lose in a matter of a couple of years. Right. Stafford has been very loyal to them. Um, he'll probably finish his career with Detroit unless he's over it too. But you're exactly right. I mean, they try to they switch head coaches, they switch players, they lose players. They, even when the big players they bring in, it seems like they don't pay play out. You know, they right. don't pan out to what they want. So I agree with you. I think Detroit does not know how to handle. The organization very well yeah well that'll that'll wrap it up there for the fast five um you know just bringing it back full circle so now we'll move on to our fan questions now listen i'm gonna cut y'all some slack we threw this up there at y'all last minute i mean technically we gave y'all five days but we only have two fan questions tonight so i'm gonna need y'all to step this up kurt and i we both want this to be very interactive oh, we yeah. want to know what you want to talk about we're here to answer your questions want to help you all out. We have a cool feature, Anchor FM, is where the Sports with BJ podcast can be found. 
there you can leave a voice message and we can play your voice message on the show and answer your question. We've got information on our Gmail uh, email address. You can get us on Facebook, send us message. We really want more questions. We want y'all to be interactive. Don't be shy. So the two tonight um, come from well, our mom, um, <laughs> Michelle Johnson. Um, her first question is, who are your favorites in the, in the Masters? We already covered yours in the opening, mm-hmm. um, so I'll just give you mine. I actually really like um, Xander Shoffley. I did it at the beginning of the week. I love the way mm-hmm. he plays. Um, Louis Ushazen would be a sleeper for me. He just plays the golf course very well. Mm-hmm. And just be this is not a bias. You know, you're, you're Team Rory. I'm Team Tiger. <laughs> but nobody – Tiger knows every blade of grass on that course. If, yes. he, if this was another major, he probably wouldn't be one of my favorites. But because it's Augusta, because he's got five green jackets, and because he proved last year he can do it, mm-hmm. and he's already out to a good start. He's playing well. Those are my three. I like Louis Usazen. I like Xander Shoffley. I like Tiger Woods. Um, so we'll move on to the next question. What do you feel is a major hurdle for the Masters being played in November? Biggest thing is, one is time, especially we're already backed up now. First first day, we were already pushed it back. So then they got to get everybody in. Um, also, they are cutting the, the cut number. It's only 50 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're doing that a little different. The biggest thing is I think they want to see what happens. These guys are trying to overpower the golf course with the you know with their length. And there is a rumor going on, if they overpower it, they might switch the golf ball for Augusta. And maybe not for the PGA Tour, but they'll switch to Augusta to a golf ball that doesn't get the spin, the speed that they get right now. Right. Uh, so I think right now is kind of wait and see kind of thing. Um, I think also with being fall, they had to do a lot with the grass. It's a little bit thicker, so it's not as cut as, as uh, thin as it usually is. Sure. So it's a little easier around the greens. Uh, a couple guys on the tour, I think Spieth, Fleetwood said it's a little easier to chip. Uh, but at the same time, you're not going to have a perfect lies around the green because the grass is growing a little bit thicker. So we'll see what that happens. Um, and I am re- looking forward to it getting the firm up because these guys, they're good, yeah. but they're making Augusta look like it's one of the easy tracks and it's not. Yeah, right now I wouldn't take anything to heart that Jordan Spieth says. My boy right now is like <laughs> six over. He's tied for 72nd. He loves he the Masters. He is awful right now. I just – if talking about falling off. Number 12. Did it. it. It messed him up. And he's like, he's messing with his swing, mm-hmm. he, and he's not rotating like he should. I think that it, he's doing a lot of accentuation that's bringing that, you know, and he does well with it with the chicken wing he's got coming through. Mm-hmm. I think that's getting accentuated a little bit. Jordan Spieth is just, but again, that's that can be a whole other episode. I'm a big Spieth fan. I will always oh, was. Oh, you are? Okay, I didn't know yeah. you're a big Spieth. Okay. I'm a big Spieth fan. Um, I wanted to buy his shoes when they came <laughs> out, um, but I'm not a big shoe guy, so I didn't. But, yeah, I mean, I love Spieth. Um, I like, you know, the relationship he has with his sister. I like just him as a person. Um, but He talks too much to the golf ball, in my opinion. He does. He's, I, couldn't, I don't think I could play around a golf with him. I don't think the golf ball knows what to do when he hits it because no. he says four different things to it. Yeah. It just turns by, what do you want? Yes, and, it's, and then, he, you know, he's – I think Jordan Spieth is a good individual person. I agree yes. with you. Um, and he was on a tear, just like we saw Kepka go on his tear. And number 12 out of Masters – for some reason, when he duffed two of those shots in the water, he has definitely been a different person. And then three-putted. And three-putted. And that's the craziest part is usually as good of a putter he was when he was making everything, you, fi- you figure, hey, he's a good putter. He'll turn it around. He'll turn it around. He can't find the hole He right can't now. do it. And it's His I, speed is off. His reads is. are off. 
He ju- he just got the full game yips. It does. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I can say. The nothing about him, nothing about him as a golfer is solidified right now. I agree, and, and I, it's just crazy to see. I wish him the best. I hope he does well. I just if there's one tournament you think he could do well, it would be the Masters. Right. But he's already plus two. I think he finished today. No, he uh, he finished. Uh, he finished early, plus six, right? I believe. Like he was like okay. next to last. Really? Okay. He was, it was maybe not six, maybe four or five, but it was it was wow. up there. Okay, it was higher than I thought then. Yeah. I didn't see him on the leaderboard. Yeah. So we'll look out for that, see what he can do. He he did finish, so he must have had some birdies coming in. Okay, so he's plus two. Well, that's still still not in good shape when the leader's no. at seven. So. No, not at all. All right, so now we're going to move on to the self-titled segment. Woo! Um, this this segment brought to you by the Sports with BJ podcast is Let It Ride with KJ. Again, we're going to do this every Friday. So this segment is called Let It Ride on the Fearless Five. For all that don't know Kurt, Kurt says that all the time. Let it ride. Let it ride. Let it ride. Absolutely. And what kind of sports show would we be if we didn't give, or gambling sports talking <laughs> show would we be if we didn't give some sort of lock? So that's where we're getting that from. Let it ride on the Fearless Five. And I'd like to take a second to let you know this segment will always be brought to you by Skinny Dip Frozen Yogurt Bar. With convenient locations at Chesapeake, Norfolk, and Virginia Beach, it's easy to get your dip on. Mention the Sports with BJ podcast and receive a dollar off your purchase at any of the participating locations. So let's get into the Let It Ride Sounds on the Fearless Five, presented by Skinny Dip Frozen Yogurt Bar. Kurt, what are your five locks that you have no fear in placing those bets on this week? All right, my Fearless Five on the Let It Ride is Arizona, plus one and a half. Like it? I love it. You got Kyler Murray that just came off a big, big upset with Miami coming in there, lost to Tua. Everybody's kind of looking at oh, is Arizona, not the real deal that we thought we were. Arizona is going to go crazy, okay, crazy. Smoke show. Smoke show. Hopkins was shut down. He's going to have a big game. Kyle Murray is It's like watching Madden when you play Madden. The kid's incredible. I think they're going to be playing really good. I think there's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think Arizona plus one and a half, lock it up. So okay. that's what, I love that pick. Uh, second one is Rams minus one. I think Rams just got kind of a trend here. Miami beat the Rams really bad. Then they had a bye. Sean McVay having a bye two weeks basically to prepare mm-hmm. for Seattle. Seattle's looking good. They just lost to uh, John Blank right now, but they just lost to Seattle. Just lost to somebody. Or, somebody. And it was yeah. bad. It was bad. They lost very bad. But Seattle, everybody thinks Seattle is unsolved. They don't have a defense. They really don't. It's Statistically, a, it's the worst sh- defense It's, it's in a shootout. Year. It's a shootout every time. Basically, Russell Wilson's, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league and bails them out every time. So, I think – but with the Rams, minus one, having two weeks. Sean McVay has two weeks. I'm not a huge Jared Goff fan, but I think Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, I think they're going to be ready for him. I think they're going to have a game plan. Rams have a better defense than Seattle. They just do. You got well, the best player in Donald on defense. You got Ramsey, who I believe is going to shut down patch or uh, shut down DK Metcalf, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Patrick Peterson did at Arizona when they played each other. DK Metcalf maybe had like three catches, forty yards. I think Ramsey's big enough to slow. You're not going to shut him out, but you're going to slow him down. Hmm. So, in my opinion, I think Rams minus one at home against Seattle, and everybody's saying Seattle's you know going to make a come. They won't lose two in a row. I believe Rams are in a dominate uh, Seattle. And it was the Bills that we uh, Bills, referenced. Thank you. Bills just thank smoked you. Seattle. Yeah, and that was 
Don't crazy. let that 10-point final score fool you. That game was never close. Never close. Uh, third game, I'm kind of what we talked about earlier. I'm going to take the over 48 and a half of Miami versus Chargers. I think Tua and Herbert are going to put on a, a show. They're going to prove to everybody that they deserve to be in the top first picks in the draft of 2020. Uh, I think it's be high scoring. You have, uh, like I said, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, all of them. And then you got Miami, who's just – they got Devontae Parker now. Uh, they got Gusecki, who I love the kid. The tight end from Penn State is amazing. Uh, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, next game is kind of what I alluded to earlier. Uh, I'm going to take over 50-and-a-half the Bucks and the Panthers game. Lock it up. Lock it up. I think Tom Brady's going to be pissed. He's going to throw it to whoever. He don't care who he throws it to. If he throws A.B. four times and gets touchdowns, he'll be happy. But everybody's looking, uh-oh, we, we kind of need to take a step back on Tampa Bay. We're not sure. I think Tom Brady, anytime you doubt Tom Brady, what does he do? Lights Shows it up. out. So, and I believe the Panthers have the firepower to compete, like I talked about. They will compete, but I think it will definitely go over 15.5. The next one is over 44.5, the Philly and the Giants game. Uh, right now, Philly is starting to get their players back. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey's back. Miles Sanders back. You had Ray, uh, Rieger um, for the other receiver for Philly. Uh, and they got Goddard. He's come back. They're starting to get healthy, in my opinion. They're going to start taking over the NFCs. Giants are in it still. Giants have, I believe, are a uh, couple games from Philly. Um, so they're in that. I think it's half a game. They're a weak the division. The only thing separating them is the tie. Tie. So, yeah, so they're in a weak division. So, and this is at New York. So this is going to be a close game, in my opinion. But I think Daniel Jones has Golden Tate, has Shepard, has Slayton. Running backs is either Friedman or Goldman. But I think Daniel, Daniel Dimes can light it up too. Okay. So I think that's going to be a shootout. Um, those, are my bla- or those are my fearless five. Um, I, I love them. I extremely love Arizona and the Rams. If, if you're near a casino – Take those two to the bank and call me later because that's, that's happening. That, that, those two are going to be amazing. Um, I love them all, but those two out of the five are my favorite. Okay. And those are my uh, fearless five. All right. So uh, those are Kurt's locks of the week on the, fa- uh, the Let It Ride on the Fearless Five with KJ presented by Skinny Dip Frozen Yogurt Bar. Look, we're not going to ask you to take these bets. We're not going to ask you to shout us out if you take them and win. But we will give you a fair cut on our commission if you decide (laughs) to give us a call. We'll be right back. We're going to take another break, and we'll come back here with KJ on Let It Ride. All right, we're back here on Let It Ride, presented by the Sports with BJ podcast. So the next segment we're going to go into, we're going to start with uh, a game we're going to play called Studs and Duds. Now, for you fantasy daily fantasy players out there, this is going to be a segment geared towards you. Um, but even even the league daily or the you know the league long fantasy players, this will be helpful. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a studs lineup and a duds lineup. This has been researched. This is our educated opinion. Of course, fantasy football we all know. My wife is leading our league, so that's about <laughs> the year we're having. So 2020. Don't hate. We're going to go from a standard setup. Kurt's going to give us a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a flex, a tight end, and a defense that mm-hmm. are his gold. 
if you're playing daily fantasy, this is the lineup he would put in, barring you know budget restrictions. But this is this is the one this week. The Duds lineup is going to be the same thing, just the ones that he thinks are going to bust. It'll probably be from some big names, um, but ones he thinks we should stay away from. So, Kurt, kick us off here. First ever Studs and Duds. Give me your Stud lineup. All right. For for the Stud lineup, we're going to go with my quarterback, Kyler Murray. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a big, big game. The best thing about Kyler Murray, he's basically like a running back, too. Right. He's going to get you rushing yards, guarantee. Probably get a rushing touchdown as well. Um, he's going against the Bills. Bills are going to put up points no matter what. So this is going to be a shootout. Right. So if he doesn't do it, they're going to lose pretty big. And like you said earlier, I said Arizona is going to win that game handily. So I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Kyler Murray's going to put points. Uh, he'd be my lock stud for okay. the cute quarterback. For running back, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara versus San Francisco. I think being at home, he always plays better in the dome. But Saints are running the ball. That's what Drew Brees. Drew Brees is getting older. He's not going to throw as much, even though he looked great against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And same thing about Kyler Murray running. Alvin Kamara does it different. He catches the ball. Right. So you, now you, look, hold on though, because if we're going to give credit where credits due, we got to point out the flaws as well. Okay. You mentioned the Drew Brees game mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That was handed to him. I don't mm-hmm. know who's calling the defensive plays for Tampa Bay, but mm-hmm. to play an entire game of zone for Drew Brees. against Drew Brees, mm-hmm. you were asking to get lit up. Lights you up, absolutely, especially with Michael Thomas. And now back. he's going into – now I'm not going to say Tampa Bay statistically top three defense in the NFL. It is, yep. So, I mean, I just – I don't understand why they wouldn't have manned up. But continue, please. But now they're playing San Francisco, which – or they got 40 injuries now. Yeah. Like 20 players that are on out for the mm-hmm. year. Um, probably should fire their trainer with all the injuries they've been getting for knee injuries and everything. But Alan Kamara is going to do his thing. He's in a rush. He's going to get points. My biggest thing that could hold him back is they get out to a big lead. They take him out in third quarter and use Latavius Murray. But I think he'll do his damage no matter what. Uh, second running back is uh, James Conner, Pittsburgh's running back against Cincinnati. Everybody was high on James Conner last year or last week. They said James Conner, James Conner, James Conner. Kind of didn't happen. Dallas took that lead. Big Ben had to bring him back. Right. They were they. I thought they were losing the game to the Cowboys. It looked that way for it, a good portion of that game. It was scary for him, and Big Ben somehow, even with bad knees, still made it happen. So I think this week with right now, Big Ben, we're not sure if he's going to play. He's on the COVID reserve list. Uh, if they have Mason Rudolph. They're going to rely heavily on James Conner. Even a Big Ben, they might just be like, hey, let's, let's kind of run it, slow it down. Because Joe Burrow's on the other side. He's pretty good. He can light it up too. So I think what they'll do is they'll probably just run the ball a little bit more. I think James Conner's in for a big day. Okay. Uh, receivers, how can you not put this receiver on the stud lineup? Devontae Adams. Yes. Devontae Adams came back and has – catches everything. He almost has 200 yards in the last two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Aaron Rodgers loves him. He looks at him every time he's in shotgun and he throws it. He looks for Devontae Adams. I think he's going to have another big game, especially against Jacksonville. Okay. I Jack- mean, it is what it is. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. It's, right. It's, we don't know who the quarterback is now. I know it's uh, Jake Gutton, but um, Minshew's gone. I mean, it's right now it's 
It's, it should be a blowout. Biggest fear also, too, is maybe they get out to too big of a lead mm-hmm. and they take them out. But I think Jacksonville will probably try to, you know, sh- do a little shootout. But you got to figure if if there's going to be a big lead to be gained, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is going to play a big part in it. He's, he's going to have a huge So it might be it. one of those where big points early on and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm right there with you. I think he still gets big points. Absolutely. And then my second receiver is Keenan Allen of the Chargers. Talk to me, baby. Versus Miami. Do you have him a couple lineups? I do. I do, too. Uh, he's going to be in the slot. And Miami is giving up so many points to slot receivers. They have Byron Jones. They have Xavier Howard on the ends. Slot receivers, they haven't figured out how to guard them. Keenan Allen is in a feast. Justin Herbert loves Keenan Allen. He finds them everywhere. He has 10 receptions, at least 10 targets a game. It's, it's crazy how – Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen is probably one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. You top receivers, you never bring Keenan Allen in, mm-hmm. but he's always there. Keenan Allen's going to have a huge game, huge game. And for you fantasy owners out there who have Hunter Henry wanting to know why his production is down, that's why. Very he, true. They lost Phillip Rivers. He's over in Indianapolis now. And the new quarterback has a new favorite target, and that's Keenan Allen. Keenan Hunter Allen. Henry's not been producing as much. I know I had to drop him. <laughs> my, my flex – I'm going to take Josh Jacobs, running back for Oakland. Okay. Versus Las De- Vegas. La- Sorry. Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Las Vegas. I should know that. I love Las Vegas. Uh, versus Denver. Um, let's, there's only two players that David Carr or Derek Carr looks for. Josh Jacobs and Waller, the tight end. Right. Those are the two guys, and then he'll chuck it every once in a while. Josh Jacob is going to run the ball against Denver. Denver is same position as San Francisco is. They have tons of injuries. They don't have really that many people healthy. They're going to run the ball. Uh, they are going to throw the ball. Josh Jacobs is in for a big game. And it's also at home in Vegas. For some reason, Oakland's play phenomenal in Vegas. I guess they like the new stadium. But they play really good. It looks like the Death Star. It looks amazing. It's it got to be hot near that building. It, it probably it's black is, glass. But it looks so good. It, it looks, is. It looks good. They got the flame. I mean, no. would you expect anything less, though, in Vegas? No. I If... I wish they would have fans this year because I probably would try to go. Um, but hopefully next year, hopefully COVID maybe eases up in 2021, we can actually enjoy the stadiums. Yeah. Um, same thing goes for Los Angeles. Uh, Chargers and uh, Rams, their stadium's $5 billion stadium. It looks mm-hmm. awesome. Um, my deep, my tight end, kind of who I just said, Darren Waller versus okay. Denver. So kind of a little bit of a stack there. Stack team, yes. Okay. I think that they're in a – like I said, it doesn't even matter if it's a close game. It's going to be them, too, no matter what. It's going to be Josh Jacobs and Waller. Waller gets 10 targets. Kind of how I said Keenan Allen. Derek Carr just feels like that's his go-to. That's his safety net. Um, and my defense is the uh, New Orleans Saints versus San Francisco. I think I had the Saints in many lineups at the beginning of the year, my fantasy teams. And I was like, how are they not good? I mean, this team is, should be stat. They got Jenkins now, Cameron Jordan. They got everybody, and they were doing terrible. I think they finally figured it out last week. They played against Tampa, played against the GOAT, Tom Brady, but and then all those three receivers, and they did great. They shut them out. If they can shut the Tampa Bay out, what do you think they're going to do to San Francisco with Nick Mullins? It's going to be – Nothing good. Yeah, and they're, and they're playing at home in New Orleans. Uh, I know there's not fans – but Drew Brees, Saints always seem like they have a little extra yeah. in, in the tank. And, I mean, this year they're allowed to pump the crowd noise in, something that New Orleans is very familiar with. So mm-hmm. it should be really good. So those are my studs of Week 10. Okay. So let's talk about – and you didn't laugh. 
You didn't laugh at that. I thought that was a pretty good joke. What was that? I said they're allowed to pump crowd noise in this year, so New Orleans, that's right up their alley. They got experience with that. <laughs> ah, well, all, all the teams are doing that now, so it did go over my head, yes. So that is that is very true. I apologize for not it's laughing right. at your I mean, joke. Listen, I'll just go sit in the corner and be quiet. <laughs> I'm just the host. Let me get back to letting you do the talking, I guess. <laughs> all right, so now here we go. Uh, the Duds lineup. So this is going to be – well, give us – Tell us a little bit about what goes into you making someone a dud. A dud is – basically to me a dud is basically a guy that probably should do good isn't going to do good. Now, uh, is it should do good as in they typically do really well? This is normally a consistent score? Most or? people when they hear and they're like, that's a starter. That's, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it in my lineup. That's so commonplace starters that you think starter. this week warrant Absolutely. maybe not being in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Uh it was a little difficult because I actually thought a lot of them were pretty good. But um, for my quarterback, maybe not a huge quarterback name. But I put Kirk Cousins in there because I, I, I don't think it's going to happen at all. Right. Everybody, he is a favorite, and I get it. But you're going to Chicago. Kirk Cousins isn't going to do well, in my opinion. He's going to throw a bunch of interceptions, and I think that's how that, uh, Chicago wins that game. And just a long-term stat for Kirk Cousins, for any of you that have him in your lineups and maybe can't get rid of him. The games that they're doing well and the games that Kirk Cousins is scoring well in, he's averaging 14 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. They're not throwing the ball a lot because when they do, good things don't happen. So av- I think avoid Kirk Cousins at all times, but definitely this week too. Uh, and then the running back kind of go on the same theme. Dalvin Cook, I've kind of been talking about it all week. I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to be as successful as he's been the last two, two weeks where he's averaging almost 200 yards from scrimmage. Uh, I think he's going to be held in check a little bit. Uh, I know they're going to try to force it to Cook. He'll get his touches and get some catches, but I think 12 points, 13 points is probably what he's going to look at. Um, my next running back is Gio Bernard versus Pittsburgh. Um, Giovanni Bernard, mm-hmm. okay. Because Joe Mixon's not playing. He ain't practicing. He's sitting on the sideline looking at his foot. He's not doing anything. So it's Gio, and everybody said last week Gio was going to do great. Gio was going to do this. He, he can do everything. He's not going to do that against the Steelers. It's not going to happen. It's just Steelers defense, I think, are going to rely on their defense this week. Because they know if Big Ben does not play, they will have to rely like they had to do last year when Big Ben didn't play. And they had uh, Mason Rudolph trying to lead the charge. Uh, my next receiver is going to be a common theme. I know it's kind of Adam Thielen. Adam Where's Thielen? he been? Adam Thielen has – he hasn't been anywhere. He he's had some good games, but Justin Jefferson has taken the show away from him a little bit. Yeah, and Jefferson is a future talent. He will be a stud. I mean, he has all the potential in the world. But Adam Thielen was top what top three pick, top two pick, three pick in fantasy football. Yeah, people people love Adam Thielen. They're like Kirk Cousins in the third Adam Thielen. So that is a big game. So. Once again, I, I'm I'm very low on Minnesota. If you haven't realized this, yeah. Uh, so I do not think uh, my next one is I'm going to take. And I hate this is a shocker, DK Metcalf against the Rams. You alluded to that earlier. I you think that he's got a matchup problem? I think if there's anybody that can cover DK Metcalf, it's going to be Ramsey. Ramsey is big enough, a little bit physical. I don't obviously DK Metcalf is a beast. But I think Ramsey has a good chance to do it. Um, also, I think the Rams are going to put pressure on Russell Wilson, and he's not going to have that chance to throw the deep ball as much. 
I think Tyler Lockett's going to probably be his go-to target this game uh, in the slot. So I believe DK Metcalf's going to have a dud game, believe it or not. And that's hard for me to say because I've been putting him in all my lineups uh, previous. Okay. But if you're going to put anyone, I put Tyler Lockett. So that's a, one of my duds. Uh, my flex that I'm going to take is Mike Davis, kind of how we talked about Christian McCaffrey is not playing. Uh, Mike Davis is the Carolina running back this week uh, versus Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay has a great defense, uh, especially against the run. They have Sue down there, JPP. Uh, they can handle the run. Missing thumb and all. Missing thumb and all. Don't have fireworks, kids. Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> so that is Mike Davis. I don't see him having a big game at all. I think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater just throwing to his receivers and trying to make something of it. Maybe catches some passes, but he's not going to be able to run on that Tampa Bay front. Yeah, and let's not forget, Tampa Bay is also coming off a game defensively where they were just outright embarrassed. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. Extra fuel to that fire, too. I agree. I don't, I don't like I don't like Mike Davis in that. So Mike Davis, I don't think he's going to do anything. Uh, defense to stay away from, Buffalo. Everybody, Buffalo shut down Seattle. Everybody's like, oh, press, like we talked about earlier. The score does not portray what it was. Let's be honest. Buffalo – beat seattle pretty bad uh like from the get-go it, it was 21 to 3 like it got quick. out of hand quick it did russell wilson was fumbling the ball buffalo's defense was like 2019 defense uh now they're going to arizona arizona's pissed off they lost they still think they can win that division especially with seattle winning or seattle losing last week mm-hmm. kind of gives a little bit of hope to arizona uh so i believe that buffalo is in a struggle i think it's gonna be a shootout so i think the points are gonna be from a defense that would be very low. And then as a tight end, uh, old Gronk. <laughs> Gronk has aged so quick, and he's, I believe, 30 years old. I think he just turned 30. 30 he might be 31 now. Yeah. Gronk is not, well, in my opinion, an old man. But from where he was three years ago dominating to him coming back, even taking a year off, I thought he might be fresh. I think he is – just not the same guy. He's just – he's a big body. Well, let's cut him some slack. He's 31, by the way. He Stat team again, okay. killing it tonight. Very nice. 31. But the three years he was off, he did about 10 years worth of partying. I mean, yeah. the dude had a booze cruise named after. He bought a booze cruise mm-hmm. and was just partying with randos. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a person yeah. that I would like to hang out with. Don't get me wrong. He's on my dud list, but I would love to hang out with the guy. The guy – We'll have a fun time, but he's also had probably about what twenty injuries in his NFL career. He's had a concussions. Lot. I mean, he has the arm, everything, knees. He's just not the same Gronk. Uh, I know he started coming alive in the last three weeks, uh, but even watching him like last week, he he had a touchdown, and the guy hit his arm and he dropped the touchdown pass. Old Gronk would have caught that touchdown one hand and spiked it right in the dude's face. So it's. Gronk, even though I think Tampa Bay's going to have a great game, I don't think Gronk's going to do anything. I think Gronk's going to be more of a three-catch, four-catch, 30 yards maybe. Maybe a touchdown. That's being generous. But I think Tom Brady's going to try to make those receivers that we talked about earlier happy, and he's going to try to spread the ball around to them and not worry about Gronk because Gronk and him are buddies. Yeah. Um, But those are my duds uh, for week 10. Okay. All right, Buffalo on the defensive end. Oh, right. yep, Buffalo on defense, yep. Okay. All right, so there you have it. Studs and duds for Week 10 in the NFL coming live to you from KJ.
All right, so now we're going to play another game I, I kind of made up here. Um, and all of these are, you know, variations of things we've seen done on other fantasy shows. Or, you know, it's kind of hard to come up with a lot of new stuff, but we can put our own spin on it. So this is my spin on Stardom and Sidem. All right, okay. this is going to be Stardom, Sidem, and Don't Sleep on Them, where I'm going to give you, at each of the skill positions, I'm going to give you four players Mm-hmm. That I want you to tell me two of which you would start, okay. two of which you would sit, and then you're going to give me two that I'm sleeping on. Okay. Because I, you, you don't want me to sleep on them. You want to help? You want to help your brother out? I'm here for you, man. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. So when I make these plays and lose, I'm coming after you. Okay. All right. Change my address. All right. So start. <laughs> we'll find you. <laughs> All right. Start. Start them. Sit them, and don't sleep on them. We're going to start with the quarterback position. I'm going to give you Lamar Jackson at New England, Jared Goff at home against Seattle, Tua at home against the Chargers, and Drew Brees at home against the 49ers. I need you to start two and sit two. All right, we'll start with the first one you said, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to sit Lamar Jackson, like I said earlier. I think Bill Belichick's kind of got Lamar's number, even though I think he's talented. I think he's going to probably be a guy I'm going to sit of these four. Uh, The next one, Jared Goff at home versus Seattle. I'm starting Jared Goff. He might not be the most talented out of these four, but he's ready. He's going he's gonna to light it up. And I think Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're going to help him out. I think Jared Goff's going to have a huge game uh, versus Seattle. Uh, next, Tua, Miami quarterback at home versus the Chargers. We're starting Tua. Of course we are. We're starting Tua. Why wouldn't we start it's Tua? It's going to be a light show in Miami with Justin Herbert and Tua. I think Tua is going to have a big game just like he had in Arizona. And he's also moving around a little bit, so you're getting rushing yards too, which is pretty incredible after a major hip injury that he had last year. Yeah, which and doesn't look to feel to be phasing him at all. Even it, though he said he doesn't feel like his old self and he doesn't think he ever will, Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like that on the field. It still scares me every time he does run, though. Uh, and then the fourth one, obviously, Drew Brees home over San Francisco. I'm going to sit Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is like, I think they're going to do heavily on the run. They probably will get a couple passes in, touchdowns, but I think this is going to be over by halftime. Okay. And I don't. I think they might put Taysom Hill a little bit in for see what they got for next year with them. Uh, for my sleepers of quarterbacks, my first sleeper I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you Cincinnati, Joe Burrow versus Ooh. Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow. He is, he's having a great rookie season. And I know it's Pittsburgh's defense and Pittsburgh and everything like that. But if Big Ben plays, this is going to be a shootout. I think Joe Burrow can throw the ball with the best of them. He is just as good as advertised. He's got talent. I know mm-hmm. everybody Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they got Tyler Boyd. They got they got uh, A.J. Green, which I know is old, but it's still, he's still talented. Yeah, he's a million. They, they have Gio Bernard. I know Joe Mixon's not going to start. Uh, they have talent around him. And the best thing is – Cincinnati Bengals are letting him just throw it. They don't even care. Just mm-hmm. throw it. I mean, he's in games, and he's lost a couple nail biters. He rushes a little. He runs a little bit, which is nice. So you get a couple points there. Uh, so Joe Burrow, I believe, even with Big Ben not there, I think Joe Burrow has a great game. Um, my next sleeper is David Carr, Oakland Raiders quarterback, or Las Vegas quarterback versus Denver. I think this is going to be a shootout too. If Denver comes out like the way they've been, I think David Carr's going to light it up. Matt Ryan just lit it up against Denver. 
Oakland's going to light it up against Denver now. Okay, like I said before, I know David Carr doesn't always throw it deep, but I have a feeling that he's going to throw some deep runs to Ruggs, um, Aguilar, which is hard to believe that Aguilar, for all these years when he was with Philly, now he comes to the Raiders, and now he's the next thing, you know? He's yeah. learning how to catch the ball. I mean, it's amazing how a different environment can change a man's career. Um, and those are my two sleepers. I um, love the Joe Burrow pick. Uh, quietly this year, he's thrown 11 touchdowns against five interceptions. And I say quietly when I say that it's not because he he's not good. It's because who's really showing the Bengals games? Like, mm-hmm. we're not seeing it. But he's thrown 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. We're going into week 10, which means he's getting a touchdown every week mm-hmm. right now. He's averaging at least a touchdown and, yeah, they're letting him sling it. He's thrown the ball 330 times in one game week two mm-hmm. against Cleveland. He threw the ball 61 times. 61 times. 61 wow. times. With a 61% completion rating. It's impressive. I'm telling you, the man is the That's real crazy. deal. He is the real deal. Oh, yeah, on the year, 67% completion rating. Um, and I'm drawing a blank in, right now. I know we're live and everything. Who is the third re- receiver? for? I know it's Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. And I'm Higgins. I think it's Higgins. T. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Thank yeah. you. That's the one I was trying. He's having a great year. Mm-hmm. He is playing phenomenal. And for some reason, Joe Burrow and him have that chemistry. I think Tyler Boyd's number one. I think Higgins is two. And eventually, AJ Green's going to have a big game. Right. He, he he's going to have it. And if he does have it against Pittsburgh, it'd be pretty remarkable because Pittsburgh is good. But Joe Burrow's having a good. It's going to be a good game. I hope Big Ben plays because I really want to see these two go at it. Yeah, and T. Higgins, he might be one of the best route runners in the NFL. And the only reason I say that is because he looks so fast. Mm -hmm. But he only ran a 4.5 at the combine. Yeah. I mean, not slow, but his 10-yard splits were 1.66. Yeah, he's a good route runner. So, I mean... He's just burning people. It's mm-hmm. got to be the route running. All right, so let's take mm-hmm. it down to the running backs then. So I'm going to give you four here. You got to start them or sit them. Let's go Josh Jacobs at home against Denver. James Conner at home against Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook on the road at Chicago. And James Robinson at Green Bay. All right, for the first one, Josh Jacobs home versus Denver. We're starting Josh Jacobs, just like we said before. Josh Jacobs. The J train. He's, he's going to have a good game. I mean, I've already said a bunch of it, so I know y'all don't want to keep hearing me repeat it, but start him. Start Josh Jacobs. Uh, the next one is James Conner at home versus Cincy. We're starting James Conner. He's going to have a great game. It's against Cincy, like I said before, especially if Big Ben doesn't play. He's going to have a bigger game than before. They're going to rely heavily on the run, the ground and pound, ground and pound, and hopefully their defense covers it. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I have him in a lot of fantasies. We have to sit him. We have to sit them if you, unless you don't have better options. Trust me, a lot of the leagues are gonna be like, "That's my guy too." I'm gonna have I have to start him, and that, that's fine. Just don't, you know, don't think he's gonna do what he's done. And last you're projecting. Weeks. You've said it multiple times. Yeah. You think somewhere between 12 and 13, but not your typical 12, 15, 20 plus. Yeah, yeah 12, 15 points. Okay. Uh, and then next one, James Robinson at Green Bay. I know we haven't talked much about it, and James Robinson is probably a diamond in the rough this draft. Whoever picked him up has been very happy because I know in my leagues he wasn't really drafted. He was picked up in the first free agency because uh, they didn't really know who was the running back in Jacksonville. 
But he's played good. He's played great. I mean, he catches the ball in the backfield, which is big. Uh, he rushes strong. So I think Jacksonville actually has a good running back. But they're at Green Bay. This could get out of hand quick. And that's when he's not going to be able to rush the ball. Might catch some passes. Probably, you know, that's where he'll make his uh, points. So I think I would sit him. Um, for my sleepers, I'm going to take Duke Johnson, running back for Houston. I'm the U. Versus Cleveland. A little mm-hmm. revenge game. You remember Duke oh, yeah. Johnson used to be at Cleveland. So, and then Cleveland said, we're shipping you off to uh, Houston. Uh, uh, David Johnson, another Johnson, is out with a concussion. Yeah, can't pass protocol. He's not going to pass. Or, yeah, he's not going to pass protocol. He's not going to play this week. Uh, so, Duke Johnson, um, he should have a big game. Cleveland isn't really a dominant team. They kind of – the games they've won have been shootouts. So, I think Duke Johnson's going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to run hard. I think this is kind of a little revenge game for him. Nothing crazy because he's been away for a little while. But I think Duke Johnson's going to run hard. He knows that Dave Johnson's going to come back eventually. And maybe this is his time to kind of make a little run, you know, try to get that starting job. My next sleeper is Phil Lindsay from Denver versus Oakland. Hmm. I love Phil Lindsay in the sleeper pick. Uh, everybody, he's just came back from a foot injury. He played last week, and he did not perform. I think he had like nine, eight points. But he is so much better than Melvin Gordon, so much better. He's not as big as Melvin Gordon, but he's faster than Melvin Gordon. He looks quicker. Melvin Gordon does not look like the same running back he was two years ago. Phil Lindsay, can, he's faster. He runs harder through the holes. He catches the ball better than Melvin Gordon. Phil Lindsay should have a big game because I do think the Denver – Oakland game is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Drew Locke is probably going to look to Lindsey a lot. Um, right now, Jerry Judy is with a shoulder injury. I think he'll play, but we'll see. Um, they got Patrick, who just came off another foot injury. Mm-hmm. He played last week, did okay. Uh, he'll probably play really good, but I love Phil Lindsey in the sleeper. He's pretty low on DraftKings and uh, FanDuel, too, which if, if you're doing lineups, that's pretty you know good, good value. So those are my sleepers and my start and sit for the running backs. All right, we'll switch over to the wide receivers. I'm going to give you DeAndre Hopkins at home versus Buffalo, Terry McLaurin at Detroit, Allen Robinson at home against Minnesota, and Jerry Judy against the Raiders. All right, for the first one, you said DeAndre Hopkins at home versus Buffalo. We're starting Nuke. Big day. Big game. He's going to have basically, in my opinion, he's going to probably have eight catches, I'm going to say 100, 140 yards. Okay. Maybe multiple TDs. He's going to at least get one. I know he's pissed off that he didn't do well last week against Miami. Miami had a game plan, tried to take him out. This is different. Now you have Buffalo. I don't know if Travis White's going to play for Buffalo. They're starting court. He hurt his ankle. He might play. But I think motivation, kind of a little pissed off factor. Sure. I think he's going to have a big game. So he's definitely starting DeAndre Hawkins. Next one, Terry McLaurin versus De- at Detroit. We're starting Scary Terry. Yeah, we are. I mean, talk to me about my boy. He is the only thing Washington has. It is, it's crazy. And it is a bright spot. It is because when he first came out, I did not think he was going to be as good as he is. I even told my friend, I said he's going to be a bust. He's not that. After year one, I was wrong. I ate my words. The dude yeah. is everything. I mean, he catches everything that's thrown to him. He doesn't say anything. He's a great team player. Washington hit the jackpot on this receiver. So Detroit's not the greatest defense, and it doesn't matter if it was. 
Scary Terry's going to do well. And I think Alex Smith is also going to look that because I think they'll be down. So they'll be throwing a lot. So definitely going to start Scary Terry. Uh, Allen Robinson home versus Minnesota. I know I said before I love Allen Robinson. I think he's going to play good. But at the same time, I'm worried about the quarterback. I think Nick Foles, I just just don't believe Nick Foles that much. So with Allen Robinson going against Minnesota, I don't think I'm going to take him. I'm going to take the other two. Uh, next one's Jerry Judy at the Raiders. I'm going to sit Jerry Judy between these four. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, so that's another main factor why I sit him. Uh, but if he does play, he is a big part of that offense. Uh, but I would sit Jerry Judy out of those four. My sleepers, I'm going to take for the first one, Jarvis Landry, Cleveland receiver versus Houston. Uh, the weather's not supposed to be great. It's supposed to be a little nasty. Not as bad as last week, but – OBJ's gone. Jarvis Landry's in the slot. I think that's going to be uh, Mayfield's, you know, he's going to look for him. Uh, so I think that's going to be Landry's and have a pretty good game. I think he'll catch a lot of his passes in the slot, and he'll do very well. Uh, my next sleeper, Devontae Parker, Miami Dolphins, versus the Chargers. He's the number one guy. Um, they just lost uh, Williams, receiver. Miami, he, he hurt his foot. He's on the IR. So Parker's going to have a big game. He's going to have to. It's going to be a shootout, like I've been saying. Uh, so I think Parker's going to have to step up. Uh, Chargers defense isn't that great. Um, they have Joey Bosa up front, Melbourne Ingram up front. Uh, but other than that, they traded a lot of their players already. So I think Devontae Parker's going to have a huge game against the Chargers. Uh, so that would be my sleeper. Okay. And as you were talking, I was doing some research. I thought I had the stat right, but I wanted to confirm it. Going back to Terry McLaurin, because mm-hmm. um, this shocked me. So he's got 87.5 fantasy points through nine games this year, um, averaging just shy of 10 points a game. Um, he's had an 18.5-point game. He's had a 15-point game, a 17.5-point game. He only has three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. He has three touchdowns on the year, mm-hmm. average, and he has 87.5 points. But he has been targeted 77 times and has caught 50 of them. That's where he's getting his fantasy points. He's catching his targets. Yeah, he catches almost everything thrown his way. And he's being targeted a lot. There there are two games this year he's been targeted seven times, and those are the least amount he's been targeted in in a game. Seven. You put them in your lineup, you're going to get at least Especially if you're PPR. Yeah, and if you get touchdowns, that's just more. I mean, he's guaranteed to get you 15 points as a receiver. Mm -hmm. You know, that's his floor. Yeah. His ceiling's so much higher. He had his second highest game this past week. He was he caught seven of eight targets for 115 yards and a touchdown. And the best part is it's the Washington Redskins. They should be down, so they don't have to play catch up. So running the ball and everything like that is kind of a second nature to them because they're always throwing. Now so. listen, that was not an invitation to bash my Washington football team. Okay, we know what we are. Leave us alone. All right. So let's go to we we're trash can juice. That's what we are. That's why that's why we're in the division we're in. We're just following suit. It's really it's a bad example is being set for us. We're just follow. I mean, we're following the lead of the other teams. We need some eight eight and two teams or something, huh? I don't know. Be right in there. Listen, I think if if one of the presidents that ran would have just said, "Hey, if I'm president, NFC East doesn't get a playoff game." Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't want to vote. Had <laughs> him in the president. Because there's no way, and not even to get a game, they actually will be able to, someone from that division will host a home playoff game in the first round. That is just pathetic. It now, is. Now, Philadelphia's coming around. They're getting healthy again. 
which mm-hmm. was the big issue in the start when they lost to the Redskins in the opener mm-hmm. and had, had that stumble. Um, but they're getting healthy again. They're getting their offensive line back. They're getting some of their weapons back. Uh, so I don't. Maybe they turn it around, and maybe they surprise me, and you know, they end up being eleven and five. So I don't know. But right now, it's not looking good. All right. So tight ends. I'm going to give you Evan Ingram home against Philly, Austin Hooper at home against Houston, Noah Fant at the Raiders, and Mark Andrews against New England. All right. For Evan Ingram at home versus Philly, we're starting Evan Ingram. Uh, the dude's a target monster. He's getting 10 targets a game. Um, probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's on the Giants. But Danny Dimes loves Ingram. That's his go-to. Yes, he does. And be honest, Ingram runs the ball more than you would think. They kind of do that reverse to him a lot, mm-hmm. and especially around the goal line. And he's so big, he almost gets there. He should have had a touchdown last week, and he dove too early. And then they didn't, he didn't get it. They threw it to somebody else. But for just the target share alone, and I know it's against Philly, and they'll probably be, you know, it's going to be back and forth, I think. I think Ingram's going to have a big game. So I'd definitely start Evan Ingram. Um, the next one's Austin Hooper uh, at home, Cleveland versus uh, Houston. Uh, I'm sitting in Austin Hooper. Um, I haven't been, I don't know. Really? Cle- that surprises me. Cleveland just, Baker, I don't think this game's going to be as good as, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be nasty. I think it's going to be a lot of run the ball because they got uh, Chubb, who's coming back from the IR. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to start. Um, now he's got he's projected points like he's going to start. So if he does start, I think their method of winning this game is going to be uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt run the ball, run the ball here and there. I don't see – I think they're going to use Austin Hooper more as maybe blocking, you know, blocking tight end. Uh, he might okay. get some. I just don't see the target share there for him, especially with the weather. It's probably one of the worst weather games, so I just don't see him getting. Yeah, without OBJ, I just I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely it's definitely going to be more of a ground and pound attack. Um, but I think when they get down in the red zone, I can see him getting a touchdown or two in the red zone and, and hauling in maybe eight catches. Yeah. I know that seems like a lot, but with OBJ being as their only passing red zone throw, I mean, what? So I think they, it's third and goal on the five-yard line. They're not yeah. running it. They don't have OBJ to throw a jump ball to. Jarvis Landry's too short. Yeah. I mean. He's a big body. I'll give you that. But it could be a very sloppy game. You got to at he's, least. He, he's know. disappointed me this year because he was the number one um, big free agent move Cleveland went and got him. Yeah. Uh, highest paid tight end, which well, used to be the highest paid. Uh, tight end, yeah. Uh, before Kelsey's deal, yeah, they did what uh, Atlanta wouldn't. Yes, so I just Austin Hooper, I just don't see him having a big game, uh, just because of the weather and I think the strategy is a little bit okay. different. Well, talk um, to me about Noah Fant. Noah Fant is he re-injured his ankle again uh, during that game, left the game uh, for a little bit, um, and the coach even said same ankle, re-aggravated it. Um, if he plays, he's good. Uh, we'll be good, but him being limited on that ankle already in practice and Thursday this week, I just don't see having trust in starting a tight end that could possibly leave the game early. So that's why he was one of my sits. If he was fully healthy, he would definitely be a start. But I'm not sure if that ankle is going to hold up. But okay. we'll see if he plays. Um, next one, Mark Andrews. Uh, 
Baltimore Ravens tight end versus New England at New England. Uh, I'm starting Mark Andrews. I have him in a couple leagues, and he's been disappointing. But if there's any time for Lamar Jackson to get his confidence up, it's going to be thrown to Mark Andrews. He's a big body. Throw it in his vicinity. He's going to catch it. And I think that's the way that if the Ravens are going to make anything happen, it's going to be with Lamar Jackson thrown to his tight end. So I'm going to take uh, Mark Andrews as my tight end out of those four. My sleepers, um, I'm going to take Hunter Henry um, versus Miami. Okay. We kind of talked about Hunter Henry uh, earlier, um, talking about Keenan Allen being in the slot Keenan and taking Allen's some shares away from him. Exactly. So Keenan Allen is, you know, obviously a target monster, but Hunter Henry. I had so much potential for him this year. I picked him in a couple leagues, and I had to drop him just because, like you said, he's struggling a lot, you know. Right. But with a shootout game like this that they're going to be up against with Arizona or with Miami, because mm-hmm. you think that's going to be kind of a shootout. I do. That mm-hmm. means that they're going to be they're going to be spreading the wealth a little bit. So I, I like that pick. Yeah. So I think Hunter Henry is, like I said, if, they, if Keenan Allen gets his share, it's going to be in the middle of the field. The outside, like Mike Williams and everything, I think they're going to struggle, you know. Um, we had the corners to do that. But if you kind of hurt us in the middle, I think that's where you can. And let's be honest, Hunter Henry's due for a big game. He hasn't had really a big one this year. Sure. Um, my second sleeper, you're going to stay in the same game, Mike Gusecki. Love the guy. <laughs> the guy Tied is, in for Miami. The guy is most talented. He reminds me of like a young Gronk, not as big. But some of the catches he makes, it's impressive. I mean, he looks like a receiver out there, but he's a tight end. Um, and like like we talked about earlier, I think it's going to be a shootout. Now, if this is, game is not a shootout, then a lot of people are going to be upset. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think it's not going to be a shootout. I think there's too much talent on the field. There's too much to prove. Uh, both these teams have a lot a bright future. And I believe that Mike Gusecki, he hasn't really – they've been sharing the ball of tight ends in Miami. Uh, but I believe since it's going to be a shootout and we just lost Preston Williams – um, receiver for Miami, I think they're going to put Gusecki out and put him outside and, you know, make him use him as a receiver and make linebackers come and try to guard him. So that's my second sleeper. Okay. And those are my um, start sit sleeps for the tight ends. Now there you have it. First edition of Stardom Sleep. Oh, my God. Stardom, sit them, and don't sleep on them. And with that, we'll sound the alarm. That sound right there means that's a wrap. First ever episode of Let It Ride with oh, KJ, yeah. presented fun. by the Sports with BJ podcast. This is going to be a fun time. Oh, yeah. That, it's always going to get better. I mean, I, I know we've gone a little long here. If y'all are still out there with us, we know. Um, it's been it's been a hot minute, but we're having fun. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. I don't know what else to say other than that. No. Well, we wish you the best of luck with everything. Hopefully all our picks and plays work for you. And we'll see you next week. And always remember, just let it ride. Let it ride. We'll catch y'all next time.